0: Starting at Matthew 25, verse 31. And it says, When the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate the people from one another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He'll put the sheep on his right, and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on the right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you something to drink? The king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. And then... He says the opposite to the goats on the other side. He says, depart from me, you who are cursed, because you didn't do these things that I've said. Um, As you'll know by now, part of HCC Daily is trying to tackle big, meaty topics in five minutes and trying to do them justice. But when the topic is something like salvation and predestination, I think I get to play a pass card. So that's what what I'm going to do this morning on the salvation topic. I'm going to let... Jago or someone else cover that in you know, a 20-minute sermon full of analogies and all of that. Um, but this morning, we're just going to skim that and actually focus on what this passage has to say about generosity, because I think it has a huge amount to say about how we help people practically. Now, to understand what it says about generosity, you do have to look at what it says about salvation. And to be clear, it's not saying that our passage to heaven or hell is decided by our good works. The Bible is really clear elsewhere. That it's our faith that saves us. Romans 10 says, if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart, you will be saved. So it's not saying that, but it is saying that it's not just confess and kick back. You know, you've got a one-way ticket to heaven. You're sorted. Instead, what it's saying is what we do here really matters. Not because of how it affects our salvation, but because of what it says about our hearts and what's going on inside us. And this is one of the biggest shifts from the Old Testament to the New Testament. With the Israelites, God calls for their deeds and their actions in the hope that it will direct their hearts towards him. Whereas in the New Testament through Jesus, he calls for our hearts in the hope that it will shape our deeds. Does that sort of make sense? So he really is calling for our hearts and he wants that to determine how, how we act. So Jesus uses this parable because it puts salvation and practical action together. Um, And it's part of a three-part answer he gives uh, where the disciples say, Lord, what will be the sign of the end of the age? And they're kind of wanting to do the whole stargazing, future, what's going to happen? And Jesus responds with this kind of three-part answer. The first, he uses the parable of the virgins with the oil lamps that Jamie spoke on Monday to say, stay alert, no one knows the day. He then talks about the parable of the talents, which George covered, to say, look after what I've put in your care. And then he uses this parable of the sheep and the goats to say, help people practically. So his answer to, you know, what's the the coming of the end of the age? He says, focus on the now. These are the things that are really important. Focus on how you can help people practically around you. So how are we helping people practically. Jesus says we should feed the hungry, clothe the naked, heal the sick, visit the prisoner, show hospitality to strangers. (laughs) Maybe you hear that and think, I really want to be generous and help people practically, but I'm not always in contact with that need in the way that Jesus is. And maybe for some of us, lockdown has detached us even further from that need that's around us. I think there's two things we can do. So the first is to seek out the need because it is absolutely out there. Um, Going through church can be a great way to do this. Um, Supporting the food bank, for example, is a great place to start. I'm told they need Easter eggs this week. So there's a really practical thing we can do to start off with. Um, But also we can prepare for generosity. That's the second thing. By doing some of the groundwork now, we don't have the kind of should we, shouldn't we battle when the need and the opportunity comes our way. Um, a really practical way I used to do this I always used to carry exactly two pounds in my pocket so that when the time came and if someone asked me for money or something like that I knew it was there I knew I'd made the decision that it's ready to be given and so it was a really easy decision to pop into a shop and buy a sandwich or to give them the money if I thought that was right but it meant that I wasn't having to make the decision every time of, you know, what do I do, I don't know Um, but other things, you you could prayer walk, you could kind of get yourself into the community physically headphones out for those of us that like to listen to music or a podcast so that you're ready to receive and you know speak to people and just pray for opportunities um but also scaling that up you could set aside funds each month some people have been really struggling during lockdown so this might not be an option but the average person has saved 617 pounds so how much of that are we putting towards meeting other people's needs and how much is going towards maybe a house deposit or a TV, which might be good things, but they're not necessarily what Jesus calls out as this immediate need. Now I know that's challenging and I'm working through that myself. Let me be clear. Um, But the Christian walk calls us to look outwards. It calls us to focus on other people And it's why Jesus listed the two most important commandments as love the Lord your God and love your neighbour as yourself, neither of which involve looking in at ourselves. And it's also why he says in this passage, whatever you did for the least of these people, you did for me. Or I love how Hebrews puts it in a slightly different way. It's one of my wife's favourite verses. It says, show hospitality to strangers, lest they be angels in disguise. That's just beautiful, but that idea that When we meet people's needs practically like this, when we try and help people, actually we're seeing the face of God, and you never know who we could be helping. This morning on HTC Daily, we prayed for teachers and um, the enormous need for god's blessing in schools as the impact of the coronavirus on teachers and on pupils becomes clear and after ben's talk we then moved for the spirit to move in our hearts to help people practically responding to jesus's words that what we do for the least of these we did it for him take care see you on HDC daily soon